book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 15 is what's on our hearts. 2 Samuel, chapter number 15. I'll ask you to stand to your feet in reverence to the reading of God's precious word. We're going to look at the first six verses of this chapter tonight. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Our Bible says, And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, that Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And from these verses, especially the end of verse 6, I feel like the Lord would have us preach on this thought tonight. Don't let the devil steal your heart. You may say, Preacher Darren, there's not a danger. I'm saved. Your soul is saved. Preacher Darren, my heart, you have a heart of flesh. Your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And the Bible says, who can know it? They say, Preacher Darren, I'm a Christian. I mean, don't come up in here and tell me that I don't know my own heart. After a service was over one night, years ago, I went to the altar and said, God, whatever's in there, I want it out. I want to get right with you about it. Oh, it had such a service. And I had such great communion with the Lord. And I went home, and on the way home, my wife said something about our schedule tomorrow that didn't suit what I was going to do tomorrow. And I had a word back, and she had a word back. And the next thing we knew, she came in the house, and the garage door got slammed, and I went stomping up the steps, yanking off my tie. And God said, hello, remember me? You said you wanted me to show you what was in your heart? There you go. Prideful? Yes, prideful. Oh, God, I'm such a fool. Please forgive me. God said, I forgive you. Now go tell her. But God, you bigger than her. Went back down the steps, put my arms around her, said, forgive me. She's crying, turned around, said, please forgive me. We made out, made up, whatever we did, amen. <laughs> my wife, my business. I'll just say this, Luke, I should have fought more with your mama, amen, than I have so far. And I'll just say this. Just when you think that you're in good shape, you better look out. So we want to look in this message tonight, don't let the devil steal your heart. Let's pray. Father, would you help us tonight, Father, to rightly divide the word of truth. 
and to preach the word of God in the power and demonstration of your spirit. Lord, you've told us that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. The Holy Spirit, I pray that the, you would give us the ability to show us the trap that lays before us. And with this we pray in Jesus' name and all God's young and say, Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In this passage, there is rebellion going on. Uh, Absalom is rebelling against his father, David. David is sitting on the throne. Uh, David is not aware of the rebellion, but he will be shortly. Absalom wants what belongs, he wants what belongs to David. Absalom wants to be king. Absalom wants the obedience that belongs to David. Absalom wants the honor that belongs to David. Absalom wants the authority that belongs to David. Absalom wants the throne that belongs to David. That's really what rebellion is all about. It is that Absalom wants to take what rightly belongs to David. May I say that tonight we're in the middle of a rebellion right now. There is a devil and he wants what belongs to God. He wants the obedience that belongs to God. He wants the honor that belongs to God. He wants the authority that belongs to God. He wants the throne of God. And this is the very thing that got him kicked out of heaven. Isaiah 14 verse 13 says, The devil's words, O Lucifer, you know what his name means, Lucifer? Light bearer, shining one. That's, oh wow, that's what his name means. He said, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The devil is set to try to take the place of God. And how will he go about taking God's place? Well, it's good to know what the plan of the enemy is. It's good to know what his tactics are. And he uses the same tactics that Absalom used in the scripture. His goal is to steal your heart away from God just as Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel away from David. You may say, Preacher Darren, I'm sealed. I'm, I'm, I'm saved. There's not one thing that the devil can do about it. That is true. You are kept by the power of God. John 5, 24 says, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. John 10, 28 says, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. The devil cannot do one thing about your soul after you're saved, but he can try to steal your heart. Proverbs 4, 23. You ought to write that down somewhere. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Jesus said, the greatest commandment is this, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. What does a father want from his children? Love. What does the devil want to steal? The love that we have for the father. The devil wants to steal your heart. He wants to steal your joy. He does it all to destroy you, to discourage you. He wants to deceive you. Number one, how will he do it? Three things. Number one, just like Absalom did, first thing he did was he adjusted his image. He adjusted his image. Now, I can take time to turn back and tell you how did David enter a city as king? He came in riding lowly on a donkey, meek. When 
Jesus came into a city, king of kings. He came in meek and lowly and humble, riding on the back of a donkey. You remember the people waved palm branches in front of him and said, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that is kings, what they were saying. It means save now. How did Absalom enter the city? Look with me in verse number one. Watch him adjust his image. He entered the city. It came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Do you see the difference? Why has he got all these horses and chariots and men running before him? Why is he doing that? He's trying to adjust his image. Why? Absalom is a liar. I just read again tonight as you were singing in the choir, Absalom lied to his father. He's a ruthless murderer. He murdered his half-brother. He planned it for two years. Wouldn't speak to him for two years waiting for his opportunity to kill his brother. Who wants a murderer for a king? Who wants a liar and a deceiver for a king? Nobody. And Absalom knows this, so he thinks, hmm, I must adjust my image. No, I have to change what people think about me. Imagine there you are. You're standing in the gate of the city. And all of a sudden, here comes 50 men running, rushing into the gate, getting lined up with these beautiful flowing uniforms. They have shields and spears. You look, here comes horses and chariots. These soldiers are standing there. The sun is gleaming off their shiny uniforms. And you say, wow, I've never seen anything like this. What an entry. And here comes a runner that jumps in the middle of those 50. And he says, make way for Absalom, son of the king. And you stand back and say, wow, look at this. This is impressive. And here comes Absalom with his long hair blowing and flowing in the wind with a great big smile on his face. And you look and say, wow, that's impressive. He sure doesn't look like a lying, ruthless, vengeful murderer to me. And he's got you. He's adjusted his image to get you to look at him as being royal and regal and kingly. In fact, if you think about it, David the king didn't come in like that. David came in riding on an ass. And here comes Absalom with all this hoopla and fanfare. Wow, to me, Absalom looks like more of a king than David does. You see, what he's doing is he's adjusting his image. He wants to change the way people think about him so they won't look at him for who and for what he really is. Hey, Lucifer, that shining one, can present himself as an angel of light. Don't forget, he's the roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He is engaged in an image campaign. He's trying to, here's our word for today, rebrand himself before your very eyes to make you see him in a brand new light. He'll lie to you. 
He'll tell you that He is your friend, but all He wants is to rule you and all He wants is to ruin you. He's trying to adjust His image and it's happening even tonight. Now, I had gone to um, a marketplace. I was going back to the section that has televisions and uh, I was going to uh, purchase something in the electronics division. And uh, Scooby-Doo was up on one of them TVs. You know, they compare the TVs to see which one has the best color and the best settings. And Scooby-Doo is up there. Man, I grew up and I loved Scooby-Doo. And as I stood there, this is what I heard. Velma says, the Wiccans are misunderstood. For years they are called witches and are accused of being involved with black magic. But the truth is, she said, they're just people in tune with nature. They are healers and they want to help people. Little kids are watching that. You see, that is the devil trying to adjust his image right there in a cartoon with your children watching, probably me as a youngster watched a lot of stuff, we had no idea how the devil was trying to rebrand himself. You may say, hey, I know what the devil is. I know what he's doing. I know what he's up to. There's no way I'm going to change my mind about him. He's not going to steal my heart. Well, if he can't change what you think about him, he's going to change what you think about sin. He's going to give sin a brand new name. No longer are you a drunkard, you're an alcoholic. No, 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 listen, he tries to give sin new titles. He says, well, it's just an accident. It's a blunder. It's just change. Everybody should be for change. It's just dysfunction. It's just error. It's just fascination. It's just a habit. It's... It's our liberty in the day we live. Oh, we've made a mistake. He'll call it anything he can to get you involved in it. I went down to the dump the other day. I remember when I first moved to the county I live in now, I'd ask somebody, where do I take my trash? I need to take my trash to the dump. Anybody ever been to the trash dump? When you get there, it smells like a dump. It looks like a dump. There's flies there like it's a dump. But when I got down there, they got a big sign in front of it that says, Convenience Center. <laughs> right? You go in. Well, and somebody says, well, I go to the dump. They call it a transfer station. Well, where you live, what if they said, we're going to put a transfer station beside your house. We, we're going to put a convenience center beside your house. Oh, that sounds pretty good until you smell it. And you see it, and there's flies buzzing everywhere, and you realize it's a dump. It's a trash dump. And I'm just saying this tonight, amen. The devil tries to rename things and rebrand things to try to get you and I to accept what he's trying to do. Are y'all okay? The devil's trying to adjust his image right before your very eyes. Number two, the second thing he does is he accused the king. Now, as I might say this, in verse 2, he rose up early, stood in the gate, and 
It was so that when, look with me, verse 2. When any man that had a controversy, oh, you're going to have controversies in this life. Does everybody here know that we're going to have some controversies in this life? There are going to be some problems. There are going to be some difficulties. They're not going to be little hiccups. They're going to be trials. I'm telling you, I've gone through some trials uh, that uh, shook me to my foundation. It's going to bring up questions into your mind that you would have never thought you would have had. John the Baptist, who said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Did you see that fly just flew by me while I'm preaching? Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now he's arrested in a prison cell, and he sends his disciples to say, Go ask Jesus, Art thou the Christ, or do we look for another? Who do you think put that thought in his mind? Where do you think that controversy, where do you think that issue came from? The devil. We're talking about God's man among those born of women. There's never been a greater than John the Baptist. Here's Absalom standing in the gate. The gate, that's where decisions and judgments are, get, are, are made. You remember when uh, Boaz was going to redeem Ruth? He came to the gate, took off his shoe, and uh, uh, the, the, uh, went to the kinsman redeemer that was closer uh, to Ruth and he took off his shoe and gave it to Boaz and said I'm giving up my right to redeem Ruth my right to buy her land I'd love to buy the land but I don't want a wife I don't want a wife that's a Moabite I don't need this and Boaz took that shoe and he redeemed her all that was done in the gate the gate represents your mind there are gates into your mind that gets into your thinking and it gets into your psyche and when you have a controversy, it'll get in your mind. You'll lay in your bed at night and you'll get to thinking. Have you ever laid in the bed at night and a thought came into your mind and you thought, where in the world did that thought come from? What am I doing? I don't think like that. That is the devil trying to plant a thought into your mind and then kick you for thinking it. Y'all look at me like, boy, the devil would never treat me like that. Honey, he does me. He tries to put thoughts in there. Tries to, tries to get me a, a, a laying, awake at, laying awake at night, can't sleep, tossing and turning, and the devil says, so-and-so's mad at you. This is how quiet it gets in here. You know why it gets quiet? Because you're doing it too. So-and-so's mad at you. I don't, he he, he kind of shook your hand kind of funny. He, 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 he didn't smile at you the right way. They, they was quick to get out of here tonight. Why didn't they stay around? You get to thinking, everybody's mad at me. No, ain't nobody mad at you. It's the devil trying to plant little seeds and little thoughts in your mind to get you thinking. He'll do everything he can to discourage you. Now, I want to say three things he accused King David of. First of all, and, and when, when I say Absalom accused David, I'm talking about the devil accusing Jesus as king. Absalom accused David of not knowing what was going on in people's lives. He, he said in verse number 2, of what city art thou? And they said, we're one of the tribes of Israel. He said in verse 3, thy matters are good and right, but there's no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Oh, has the, has the devil not just planted a seed in your mind, a thought in your mind, has he ever talked to you and tried to get you offended about something? You ought to be mad. Your feelings ought to be hurt. They ought to have treated you better than that. 
here you are down there serving God at Bethel and the preacher don't really appreciate who you are and all you do for the church. You go home. They ain't coming back down there. They didn't treat me right. The preacher didn't even care about what I was doing. You know who put that thought in your mind? The no good egg sucking dog devil. Planted that in your mind to try to get you hurt and try to get you upset and try to get you offended when absolutely nothing was going on at all. That's what the devil does. He tries to get you easily offended and bent out of shape. He accused the king of not knowing. Here's the big one. He accused the king of not caring. He said, your matters are right. And there's no one deputed of the king to hear thee. What he's saying is you have a controversy. You have a problem and the king doesn't even care. The devil says, look, you're hurting. You're in pain. You've got a problem. And God's not doing anything. He doesn't care about you. This boy right here, Luke, on the front row, when he was, I was talking to Gene, was trying to figure, he was about one or two years old. He had strep throat really bad, got into his ear, major ear infection. They took him and his mama into the room, and they said to me, said, you'll have to wait out here. Now, I'm the daddy. I ought to get to go too. Nope, that's all we can fit in this room. You've got to stay out here. And I heard them, Luke. They went in there, and he got to looking, and, and he seen stuff down there, and he put, they, Gina said that they put this metal thing to try to get down there in your ear. And I, he screamed, Daddy! Dude, it was all I could do not to want to rip that door open and punch that doctor right in the blessed nose and say, you let my kid go! You don't. But if I had done it, if I had broke through that door and prevented him, you'd been deaf. So sometimes you have to go through a trial. And it's not that God doesn't care what you're going through. I mean, listen, when the devil has you down and you're crying out, Lord, he would love to come to your defense and knock the devil right in the nose. But he says, if I do that, that's not going to be for their good in the long run. They need to go through this trial. They need to go through this hardship. One time, I remember your sister, she had to get a shot. I'm telling you, she's, you know, needed to get her, her shots. And, oh, she was screaming bloody murder, and I wanted to stop them. Don't you hurt my baby. That's my little girl. Don't give her this. That's terrible. Big old needle, that long, going in the little baby. That's just not fair. But in the long run, she needed to be, uh, have those shots vaccinated to help her against diseases in the future. The devil's accusing God. Are y'all are listening to me? The devil is accusing God of not knowing who you are and who, what you mean to him and what you're, what you're going through and then he doesn't care that you're hurting. He doesn't care what you're going through. That's what the devil is saying about God. He's a liar. He may rebrand himself, but he's a liar. And he's the father of it. Don't put up with his shenanigans. Don't give in to his tactics. All he wants to do is tear you down. God, let me say this, God knows more in your trial than you know. All you know is what's going on right here. But God sees the big picture. 
If you, listen, say you're at a parade and the parade comes by one float at a time. Oh, look, the firemen. Oh, look. I mean, here they come, the band. But God, from his lofty perch, sees every member of the parade from Alpha to Omega, from the beginning to the end. He sees it all at one time. And he knows what's going on in your life. Amen. Boy, I, let me just say, he wants to rescue you, but he knows this trial is for your good. There's a third thing the devil, oh, Absalom, accused the king of. He accused the king of not being fair. Look at verse 4. He said, oh, that I were made a judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or any cause might come to me, and I would do him justice. And Absalom says, the king's not fair. He's not giving you justice. He's not a fair king. Here you are hurting. Why, why would the king allow this storm in your life? Why would the king allow you to suffer? Hey, where's your loving God at now? Job got in a situation. And Job said, Lord, if I knew where I might find you, I would pour out my cause to you. But he couldn't do that. What about that? Listen, may I just say this? I'm glad that God is not fair. Wait, what, preacher? If God was fair and gave me what I deserved and what was just, I'd be in hell right now. But God is not fair. And he extended his grace to me. And by his grace, he saved me and forgave all my sins. And I just have an announcement. I'm really going to get to go to heaven, y'all. Hey, you just go tell him, who preached tonight? That guy's going to heaven. Hey man, I'm going, hallelujah, I'm going. He accused the king of not knowing, of not caring, and not being fair. And that's what the devil is trying to get over on you right now as well. May, may I just say, uh, just a couple things here. That first thing the devil would do, as he begins to adjust his image, he wants to wow you. Everybody say with me, wow. Oh, that was pitiful, come on. Wow. Be impressed, Wow. He's trying to wow you. The next thing he did by questioning and accusing the king is he's weakening Israel. He's wowed them, now he's weakening them. There's another thing that he did. Look in verses 5 and 6. He's acted in deception. Bible says verse 5, it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand, took him, and he kissed him. Now, what do you mean, preacher Aaron? I don't understand. Just say, Absalom, Luke, I'm going to need your help. I need you help. Come on. So just say that Luke's got a controversy. I know he never has issues, no worries. Oh, he's just footloose and fancy free. But here he comes. He's going to see the king. Right, go, go to see the king. Oh, whoa, hey, friend. Didn't you see me in my fancy uniforms coming in here? I'm Absalom. I'm the king's son. And, and listen, have you got a problem? Well, well, listen, you don't need to go up. David don't really care about you. He don't even know what's going on in your life, friend. But I want you to know that if I was made judge, I would do you justice. Man, if I was made judge, I would make sure. You know what? Me and you'd be buddies. We'd be real pals. I mean, listen. And, and now you're going to start to bow. Because he's the king's son. When you're in the presence of the king or his family, you're to bow. So you're starting to bow. Start to bow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen now, listen. My daddy's about being Lord. I want you to bow down and kiss his feet in the ground he walks on. Man, I ain't about that. Me and you, you don't have to bow anymore to me. Me and you are going to be buddies. 
We're going to be powerful. We're special friends. I'm going to do you favors. You do me favors. I got, man, I got your back. You got my back. Man, listen. That's what, and listen. And then Abraham looked, or Abraham, Absalom went over and kissed him. He said, we're friends. We're pals, right? Woo! We're buds. Me and the preacher's kid. Yes, we got this together. Thank you, son. You see what? When he starts to bow down, he took his hand, prevented him from bowing, and he kissed him to hug him and give him a false promise to say, you know what? I'll give you liberty. Now listen, that preacher up there, he's all lathered up about standards and preaching the word of God all the time. And, and all that's doing is pulling you down and defeating you. This is a day of liberty. This is the day to do what you want to do. Hey, David is Lord over everybody. David's the one, David's the one that's trying to be over you. But if I was king, I'd let you do what you wanted to. If I was king, you don't have to humble yourself no more. If I was king, there'll be no right or wrong. Just do what you want to, man. And if you have a controversy, just deal with it any old way you want to. Don't tell the king. You just do whatever you want to, man. You don't have to bow to me. You, I'll not strong arm you anymore. We live in an enlightened age. Do what you want. Worship God any old way you want. Use whatever you want. Listen, the devil puts this stuff in your mind. You're entitled to it. You deserve it. You're daring. Nobody else is daring. Just you, dude. You go. You rock, buddy. You're, you're my pal. You see what he's doing? Oh, man, it's, he's appealing to their pride. You've got to be careful when somebody starts appealing to your pride. And the Bible says that when they came to the king for judgment, Absalom met him in the gate, and he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. He proclaimed to them justice. He proclaimed to them liberty. And he's saying that old dude that gets up there all lathered up and preaching standards, let me tell you something. I want to say thank God for some men who are bold enough to stand in that pulpit and preach to me standards and tell me about what was right and wrong and tell me about the grace of God. You know what? It was their preaching that let me know what was right and wrong. It was their preaching that did give me liberty. It was their preaching that did, did give me freedom. It was their preaching that did enlighten me. I don't need what the world has. I don't want what the world wants. I want what Jesus has for me. Now, there are three, I don't have time to deal with them tonight. No, 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 I want to. There are three, three characters that Absalom did not steal their heart. Man, I'd love to preach on those three. Hmm. Look with me in 2 Samuel chapter 18. Absalom did run his daddy off the throne. Absalom did become the new king. Most all of Israel bowed their knee to Absalom and David as he left. Shimei cursed him and threw dirt, mud, and rocks at them. Man after God's own heart. Now you're in 2 Samuel chapter 18. I promise to quit right here. Verse 6. So the people went out into the field against Israel. And the battle was in the wood of Ephraim. 
Verse 7. Where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. Do you see that? Absalom, are you right? 2 Kings 18. Absalom not only has rebelled against his daddy, now he's got his throne. And now he's going to try to wipe his daddy's servants that went with him out. And they go to war with each other. And he, Absalom takes all of Israel to de- try to defeat the servants of David. There was a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men in Israel, not of David's servants. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country. And the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. The wood. Riding through the, God just, tell what happened. Absalom came in, making these tactics and trying to steal their heart, and he promised them justice. He promised them liberty. But now let's look at the battlefield and see the results. What were the results of letting Absalom steal their hearts? 20,000 men lay dead on a battlefield. More of them died riding through the wood than were killed by the sword. Preacher Darren, what does that mean? That means the devil will promise you the world, the moon. He'll promise you that he'll give you liberty and justice and he cares for you, but in the end it leads to the same old place, death and destruction. You stand to your feet. I'm going to quit. I've got more, but let's go quit. I want for anybody not say, Preacher Darren, I am a daddy. I am a mother. I am a young person. I am a husband. I am a wife. I, I, I am married. I, I, Preacher Darren, I, I, I want to get in the altar and I want to say, Oh, God, please don't let me be deceived by the tactics of the devil. Lord, please don't let the devil steal my heart that I have to serve God. You go to the average church right now, and I'm telling you, if you look, you're going to see people that's losing their heart to serve God. It's the devil stealing it. I wonder if you need to come and pray. I want to pray too. Oh God, don't let me be deceived and let the devil steal my heart to serve God. Help me, reveal to me truth. Enlighten me, give me wisdom. Father, here we bow in your presence, young and old, man and woman, bowing before you to say, oh God, I don't even know my own heart. It's deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And I want to serve God. And I love God and I'm saved. But the devil is trying to influence me through television and media. He's trying to influence me by changing his appearance, by adjusting his image. He's trying to influence me, causing me to accuse my king that my God doesn't care. He doesn't love me anymore. And these actions, oh, they look like he's my friend, but they're really deceitfulness.
and they end in death. Lord, thank you for showing us this truth tonight and helping us, God, as we bow this altar, Lord, that you would hear us when we say, God, help us guard our hearts. Our hearts want to be used for your glory and for your honor. And I pray, God, you'd give us wisdom and guidance and protection. And with this, I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen.